Welcome to Avondale Sky Winery. This is a story of risk, passion, and family. A story about rural life and community. A story about adapting to survive and learning to thrive. If you love wine, business, and the thrill of new ventures, then sit back and enjoy Avondale Sky Winery. This week, we follow the Cortino family as they guide the new venture through a global pandemic and turn it into an opportunity to grow and learn. It's a normal day at Avondale Sky Winery, and co-owner Sean is leading some guests in a tasting session. Champagne, if you buy it, you know it's from Champagne, France, and Bordeaux is from Bordeaux. Tidal Bay, if you find it anywhere else in the world, you know it's from Nova Scotia, made with 100% Nova Scotian grapes. Um, stylistically, it's a crisp, clean, aromatic white wine. The main stipulance is it has to pair well with seafood. So if we're gonna have, uh, a, yeah, we're gonna have a wine that represents us as a region, yeah, you want it to, uh, first of all, do, first of all, we have to do it well, which is aromatic white wines. We do that superbly well in Nova Scotia, but also should go with our cuisine, which is a lot of beautiful seafood, so. As Sean educates and entertains the group of tourists, it's hard to believe that only two years ago, the Cortino family were brand new to the wine business. With roles divided between the five owners, Dad Louie is thriving. I'm still learning, uh, but what I am enjoying is the uh, the whole vineyard experience. Um, the boys are focused on the enology side, you know, the winemaking side and wine sales, and uh, I'm really inter interested in the viticulture end of things, you know, um, what's making these things grow, and so I'm enjoying the uh, that role as the uh, as working with the uh, uh, viticulture uh, people and. Uh, with a um, vineyard manager and I take instructions from him and I'm learning about pruning and I'm learning about everything else that uh, about uh, you know growing vines and uh, what are those that are actually suitable for our terroir. In the first episode we learned that just as the family took ownership and assumed responsibility of the winery fate threw them and the entire planet a curveball. Uh, we need you to continue to stay home. We need you to continue uh, to do everything we can to flatten the curve. Nova Scotia is not doing well when it comes to staying away from our parks and beaches. We don't need online graphs to tell us what we need to do. We need to stay the blazes home. So as the world shut down, the winery became part of a tourism industry that could no longer operate. What would they do, despite a thorough plan, this was new. Well, two months after we bought it, it was like, oh man, you know, one of my strengths um, that I brought to the table is just because of my past experience as the uh, uh, chief administrative officer for uh, Windsor is risk management. So we went through all of the risks, you know, I, we had like five major risks and said, oh, okay, these are the risks in this industry. Uh, you know, how do we mitigate all of these risks? And so we went through the risk mitigation and said, okay, well, uh, we're, we're set. What we, did, what we didn't plan on was risk management for a pandemic. <laughs> you know, it was like, oops. 
however, uh, we're not the only ones in the world that had to to find a way to manage the pandemic. For Carl, they needed a clear vision if they wanted to navigate this new world. Pandemic hit and everyone was told to stay home. You had to stop before you panicked and you stopped and you look at what are are you doing here? What are you trying to do? What is our business trying to do? Yes, we're trying to have great experiences. Yes, we're trying to host weddings. And yes, we're trying to have a great restaurant. But we're trying to sell wine, right? Once you, if you lose sight of what we're trying to do, which is sell wine, uh, then you're in the wrong business. So I said, okay, well, how do we sell wine? Oh, we can sell it online. And Sean's previous experience was about to prove invaluable. I was a business advisor in my past life, uh, as well as had an IT company. And so as a business advisor, I helped a lot of clients build their business from the ground up. And uh, part of that was really learning Shopify and web applications, that sort of thing. So um, so saw the opportunity, we were like, well, let's pivot to online um, and try and get this delivery thing going. So uh, that was a, a quick flip for us. We were able to get that going March 19th, I think. And it was like the 17th that everything started to go on lockdown. And the 19th, we're like, we'll deliver to your door with anything over a $50 order. As a team, they realized they could cover local deliveries across different areas of Nova Scotia. You know, I, I said I would do the HRM. My brother does around the Avondale area, uh, you, know, you know, which is expansive. Like, you know, HRM sounds big and it is big, but at least you can bang out a bunch of houses quickly. And where these, you might have 15, 20 minutes in between deliveries. And my parents were going to do the Annapolis Valley. So that's how we did it. We just said, let's let's go at it, go hard, go go fast. It was uh, It was actually really awesome. It was as soon as we said that we could do it, then people were like, well, everyone was in a panic. No one wanted to leave their house, right? It was that time that uh, no one wanted to go outside and risk it and be around people. We we didn't know what we didn't know. Um, and what we knew was safe as our home. Um, and so it, not having to leave your door and having the wine delivered to your door, that sort of thing, uh, contactless delivery um, was a safe bet and a way to enjoy your time at home. We went from just the business we were into completely online and... Uh, uh, yeah, that just took off. Thankfully, people continued to indulge in uh, alcohol throughout the throughout the pandemic and when they were locked at home. And at the same time, it's great for us that people were still enjoying it and supporting local and gave us a chance for people that wouldn't necessarily come out to the winery, not for any other reason than, ah, it's 40 minutes away, then I got to drive home. Now they were trying our product where they weren't trying it before. And all of a sudden they, they liked the wine. So now this summer and last summer, they started to come out to the winery. Oh, now I want to go out and see this place. And then we're getting the whole, you know, the whole experience and helping it grow our stuff like our Sky Club membership and things like that. Because people now say, you know, I've seen the people who own it. I've seen the people who operate it. Uh, I've tasted the wine and seen, seen who makes it. And, uh, you know, the chances are they're one that they, they would order at a restaurant or maybe off the off a shelf at a, at a liquor store. But certainly they continue to order from us online, which is great. So that that was probably if there was a blessing in the pandemic, I guess that was it. Because in a regular business plan model, I don't think we would have said, hey, how are we going to start delivering wine? It just wouldn't have been something that you think about. So with a strong customer base and wine that needed delivering, as lockdown eased, Louis and Avila managed to turn doorstep deliveries into leisurely road trips. Uh, we, my wife and I, because we are retired, we become the couriers for the you know for our team. So the the places like the South Shore, uh, we go once a week and we take deliveries out there. It doesn't matter if it's just a handful, 
but we make an event of it because we're both retired, so we'll stop and have lunch at a place or stay overnight in a B&B and make a little holiday of it. <laughs> so it's been fun. So with on-site events cancelled and customers ordering online, the family focused on learning as much as possible about the operations and most importantly, the wine. For Jamie, it was a silver lining. So it let us really sink our teeth into it and learn and do all the things before we had to be customer facing. And it just gave us more time to plan and just the behind the scenes stuff in terms of um, sales and and, uh, what we were going to carry in the winery, some small renovations to the winery, those sorts of things. For Sean and his partner Mallory, the winery and lockdown changed the course of their lives. It was since there was so much to take on, it, it actually worked in our favor because because uh, we had more time to take it on, and it was a slower integration into what is reality. We had planned to still live in Halifax and spend part of our time in Avondale, but then uh, COVID started, so we were like, "Why would we rent a apartment in downtown Halifax when we can just go live on the vineyard?" Um, so we moved out to the vineyard. It was like a completely empty apartment and we just slowly made it a home over the pandemic. And uh, we decided we fell in love with Avondale. It's a such an amazing community of people that we never ever want to leave. So now living in the winery and surrounded by the new venture, it was time to take things to the next level. I didn't know anything about wine before, uh, before we got into this venture or just before. Um, so I've been doing a sommelier course through CAPS, Canadian Association of Professional Sommeliers. I've learned a lot about so many different aspects, whether it's uh, wine, winemaking, everything, and then even the restaurant and retail side of things. So it's been a, not even two years, but a lot of growth in that last little bit, for sure. Two years later, Sean and Mallory are now blossoming experts. We've gone from to zero to 100 when it comes to wine knowledge. Um, yeah, we, we basically know all the wine regions in the world and what they're kind of about on a, on a, on a general level. But there's so much more to learn. We, it's like our hobby now to um, pair wine with food, to try new wines we've never heard of. When we go to a restaurant and we order wine, we know whether if we order the same glass of wine, we can tell whether that glass our glasses of wine are from the same bottle or not. So if we if we both order a cab sauve and we taste both, we can tell if if one of them's from a bottle that's been open a few days or if one's a freshly cracked bottle. So we've learned so much. Two years later, there is a deep bond between all of the family and the wines they produce. In the old church building, Carl talks about each variety passionately. So we've got uh, a variety of whites, rosés, red, of course, sparkling wine, and then we also have some canned wine. So um, how we do our displays, uh, we have all our whites together, and we, we usually go starting on the left side with our driest wines and kind of work our way to our sweetest wines on the right side. Uh, we do that so it's easy to explain to the customer because, you know, we've got 30 different wines here. Uh, some people come in and say, I like white. And it's like, well, now here's your spectrum of white. Some people come in and say, I like dry. And we say, okay, well, if you like dry, you're going to want to start on the left side of any of our cabinets. So we've got our rosés on one, our reds on another, our whites on a third. Um, and then we kind of just, it, it kind of helps to have the experience of saying, well, if I like dry whites, I might want to try these two or three. Okay, well, let's get you a flight of wine so you can actually try them. 
Um, and then in here, what we have is our Tidal Bay, uh, which is obviously our, our, our Nova Scotia Appalachian wine. It's one of our more popular wines in Nova Scotia. Uh, there's 15 wineries that make it. You have to be a member of Wine Growers Nova Scotia. Uh, you have to pass an independent tasting panel, a blind tasting panel every year to make a Tidal Bay. Uh, it's a blended white wine, uh, and it's really helped put Nova Scotia wine on the map. Uh, from there, you get to stem out and see what other stuff you can make. But our Title Bay in 2020 vintage uh, is a blend of five different grapes. Lackety Blanc, Frontenac Blanc, Vidal, Osceola Muscat, and Geisenheim. Uh, we'll go with the rosés next. We've, right now, we've currently got four different rosés. Uh, we've got a Leon Malot, which is a dry rosé. And it works its way over to our sweet rosé. Uh, in between, we also have Lady Slipper, which is one of our more popular products. So our reds, um, Nova Scotia is not known for its red wine. It's certainly known it's a cold climate. So it's, it's known much more for white wines, sparkling wines. And we've been able to, you know, you start to see a little bit more rosé because you've got the red grapes. It's like, well, let's not make too much red wine. We're, we're not there yet. But we're getting there. Uh, and our winemaker, Ben Swetnam, has done a fabulous job with our red wines we, we try not to have too many. Uh, there's a, numerous different vintages here that you'll see from 2010, 2012, 2015, 16, 17, uh, right down to uh, 2019. So uh, different, different red wines, different grapes, uh, different, these are, some of them are blends. Some of them are uh, single grapes, single grape varietals. Um, some are reserve wines. A reserve would mean it's usually aged in a, in a barrel, um, whereas some are reds that are pressed every year and made every year. Uh, Fairy Road is a, one of our more popular red wines. It's a little bit more on the sweeter side versus the dry side. Uh, something like a Newport is, is like a port. If you've had a port-style wine, this is it. Uh, we just aren't allowed to call it port because we're not in Portugal. So we call it Newport Reserve because we are in Newport Landing. So we get away with it that way. Uh, my mom can also tell you a great story about from her childhood. Uh, she grew up in India and port was something that, you know, even the kids were allowed to have a little sip of. Oh, I love port. So I grew up in Goa, which was a Portuguese colony in India. And even as a little child, maybe four years old, as far as I can remember, we would have, after Sunday dinner, the whole family would get, mom and dad, of course, had a, a reasonable sip. We were given a tiny little sip, and from that age, I enjoyed it. Now, I've been to Portugal many times, and my drink over there is port wine again. I come in here and I see we have Newport, and after tasting it, it is so close to the port wine that I've tasted in Portugal. So, yeah, it brings back memories. I think there are a lot of Europeans who enjoy port as well because of the Portuguese influence. To me, port is like going back to my favorite memories. It's one of those drinks that, you know, after a meal you want to, with the snow falling and you're looking out, uh, you've got a blanket over you, the fireplace on, and you're sipping port. Nothing better than that feeling to warm the body up through the winter. The family's growing personal connection with the wine has really helped Avondale build its Sky Club and exclusive small batch products. So something like our Lady Slipper as an example is something that we would make 
what I would call mass production on, which would maybe, you know, 5,000 to 10,000 bottles a year, uh, because we're going to sell some, we're going to have some at liquor stores, we're going to have some at restaurants and so on. With something like a small lot, it is sort of what it sounds like. It's There's less made. So it's usually less than a thousand bottles. Uh, and so they'll go to things like our Sky Club membership, which is our wine club here at Avondale Sky. And then from there, it's usually stuff that we're going to sell ourselves, meaning it's not going to probably be on restaurant menus elsewhere. It's not going to be at liquor stores. It's not going to be at private stores or anything like that. It's only going to be available at the winery. And it gives us that ability to say this is something special. So we like to save it for our our valued members of our Sky Club. And then any other person who decides to visit us either online or here in person. I think people really enjoy that. I think people, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just the wine culture or people in general say, you know what, if I'm going to be a member of a club, I want, what am I getting that other people aren't getting? What's, why do I want to be a member of anything if I don't get a benefit? And the benefit to them is, yeah, you get, you get wines that we don't even release to the rest of the public. Um, you know, we'll do some lots that are like 200 bottles that are so low, they never even hit the shelves. It's, they go to our membership and, uh, and, and that I think is that exclusive benefit that they feel. I mean, yeah, they save 10% on any purchases that they make as well. Like there is some, some little benefits like that, but you know, the way they're treated when they're here, um, you know, complimentary desserts, complimentary wine tastings, anytime they'd like, like those types of perks, um, really make them feel special. Like, and they like to bring guests with them, which, which, which for us is great. It's like, Hey, we have one Sky Club member, but they brought eight friends with them today. Right. And with wine now in the blood of the Cortino family, they've begun to innovate. Jamie knew the bottle designs needed further development. That was a big thing for us, the labels. Um, the old labels were, they were dated, uh, but they were also, it was very hard to distinguish between bottles because all of the reds had the exact same label and all of the whites had the exact same label. So not one particular wine was gonna pop. Um, and so we just wanted to make it a little bit younger, um, make it a little fresher and make, make them pop. Um, so we worked with Maritime Labels uh, with Kyle and he was fantastic. We would kind of, you know, throw around ideas, give them a rough idea of what we wanted um, and we would go from there. So the first couple, we just used some stock images um, and then we went to a friend of Sean's. Um, she is an artist, and so she painted some watercolors for us. Again, we would just give her a rough idea of what we were looking for. You know, all the white wines look the same, all the red wines look the same, and then nothing was distinguishing. And when you can see how much wine we have, um, for people to remember what they had, we had to have some distinguishing factors. So you can see here with like our Tidal Bay, we've got that wave, sort of like a tidal wave and a play on that. So people might remember our Tidal Bay over another. Um, as well, you'll see over on the reds, we have like the tractor for Ferry Road. Uh, we've got these clouds for Bliss, a, a, a beautiful scenery for Tenny Cape, things like that. The other piece that we wanted to do was on the back of the label is make it as user-friendly as possible because some people don't drink wine on the regular. They're at the liquor store or they're at, a, you know, they need to pick something quick. This on the back will tell you about the varietal, what grapes are in there. It'll give you the tasting notes and sort of what sort of tastes your palate might pick up. Everyone's different. Um, and then what it pairs well with. So again, if you're going to a friend's house for dinner, okay, they're having salmon. Well, what goes with salmon? With our Avondale Sky wines going forward, anytime you turn the bottle around, you'll see what it pairs best with. And hopefully that helps people make a decision for their dinner or maybe just their deck wine for the day.
And then for our small lots, because they're small lot, we wanted them to feel just special. Um, there's not a ton of them produced. So for those labels, we went with uh, numbered bottles. And so someone can grab the bottle of wine and say, oh my goodness, I have, you know, number 99 of 250 or whatever it may be. So yeah, it was great. It's really fun. We really, I think we all really enjoy that aspect and we're working on some new labels now. And those changes included putting their stamp on a new wine with hip hop inspired branding. The Notorious R.E.D. Uh, that's our newest uh, red wine. I just bought a new it. My brother and I have always loved rap, and uh, he's nine years older than I am, so I am definitely influenced by, like, Bad Boy Records and, like, Biggie, Diddy, uh, and Mace. <laughs> like, it takes it way back, and I was always, I guess, a little bit older than I was when it came to my the music. Um, so, yeah, we, we realized our winemaker liked rap, which is great, too, um, and uh, we thought Notorious R.E.D. would be uh, a fun sort of name. In the wine industry in general can be fairly uh, can be fairly dry and and, uh, and and traditional in a lot of ways um, and so we did it even even the label is a little different from our general or general listing other labels every winery I think is getting a little bit more and more fun and having some more fun with it but but sometimes that's not so easy because uh, people associate uh, like traditionalism with uh, with high class wine and if you have too much fun then maybe you're not serious enough with your winemaking so uh, you have to uh, it's a delicate balance a fine line where you can have some fun still make a great product and people can enjoy both the branding as, along with the wine and have confidence in what you're making so Another innovation for the product lineup was adapting to new ways customers like to consume their wine. Canned wine is uh, it's it's probably a new trend. Uh, lots of the what, what's called the RTD, the ready to drink category, which I always find funny because everything's ready to drink anyway. But um, but the way they talk about it is like the mixed drinks, right? So more people were buying seltzers and that sort of thing in a can. So um, a few years ago, canned wine started to come onto the market. And uh, w when we bought this business two years ago, there was no cans uh, that done by Avondale Sky. So we said, let's try it. And so we started with... Uh, this one here, which is our Summer Sizzler Fizzy Rosé. Uh, we just did a small lot of it in, in 2020 just to try it out and see how it went. It sold very quickly uh, and was quite successful. So we said, okay, next year, let's add a couple more brands to that. And that's when we added, uh, you'll see here, Nirvana, which is one that we also sell in the bottle, and our Bliss Bubbly. And Bliss is also one of our more popular wines by the bottle. So we thought, um, let's leverage the fact that these are already wines that we have in the bottle People will know what they're getting when they buy it, whereas the Summer Sizzler was a brand new brand altogether. Um, and so this way, people who like it in the bottle, chances are you're going to like it in the can. And, and it serves the purpose of saying it's convenient. I'm not going to drink a whole bottle today. I'm going to so-and-so's house. I'm just going to take a can. Um, the other part of it is it's a good entry level to say, hey, try this. You might like it. And if you like it, please buy it by the bottle. Um, and that, again, then they become more readily available in stores. Um, restaurants as well starting to like carrying cans more than bottles because single serve, they don't have to open a whole bottle and maybe have wastage uh, of a particular wine. So when they can buy it in a smaller lot and make their margin just on, on one can versus a, a whole bottle. Seeing the growth, I think we've done 
uh, a lot of changes and uh, it's that to me has been super rewarding um, so whether it's from the painting outside to uh, the shelves that I built from scratch for retail uh, to getting the mural done on the, about the story of the winery um, I think that has been just super rewarding. Really, that's what I've always loved about business is that autonomy. Um, you set your mind and you get to make those decisions and then you go and execute. And I, a lot to me is just, uh, you can't put a price on that. The risk and effort of innovation has all been worth it for the family as the wine has seen some serious recognition. This is our sparkling Lacadie uh, from 2015. And so this year in 2021, it won the Lieutenant Governor's Award uh, for excellence in Nova Scotia wines. So it was, uh, you know, I think 39 wines were submitted from 15 different wineries in Nova Scotia, and this was one of four winners. Uh, and and those, are, those are about the same ratios you're going to see every year when, when these awards come up. Um, so this was the fifth win uh, for Avondale Sky, uh, and I can show you some of the other awards uh, towards this way. Uh, we've got four different awards. Uh, in 2019... Uh, we won the Lieutenant Governor's Award for Excellence in Nova Scotia Wines, which that's the same name for all of them, um, for our 2011 Blanc de Noir, uh, which is a Brut Reserve. So that's like a Pinot Noir, uh, a red grape that makes a white wine. So that, again, was a sparkling. In 2018, uh, in 2018 and in 2014, we won for an ice wine, uh, a late harvest ice wine called Martok. Uh, again, named for the ski hill that's nearby here. Um, and... In 2015, we won for our Title Bay, so the aforementioned Title Bay, which is the Nova Scotian Appalachian wine. Um, that was in 2016 that we won that award. So uh, it's nice to, you know, it seems like we're getting them every uh, two, two years or so, and we'd like to continue to see that uh, trend uh, happen going forward. In the next episode, we learn about the wine-picking community and discover how nature can cause serious problems for Nova Scotia's wine growers. Every year is a challenge, but you have no idea what that challenge is going to be when the year starts. Um, Every year there's a completely different weather phenomenon. If you'd like to know more about Avondale Sky Winery, visit avondalesky.com or search Avondale Sky on social media platforms. This has been a Podstarter production. production.